0: Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre owned inventory as well. And great sales right now with the sales staff that will work with you. And a service department, whether it's difficult or routine, they take care of it. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We are in beautiful downtown Strasburg, Virginia. Essentially, we're in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> you're saying Strasburg. Why in Strasburg? All right. Yeah, took the trip down, went through uh, the panhandle of Maryland, went through West Virginia, and now we're here. Well, uh, after the show's over, it'll be another mm, two-and-a-half hours or so to drive down to Blacksburg to Virginia Tech. All right? So when the show's over, we'll take the the drive down to Blacksburg. Dick and I will be there. Joe Putnam will be with us. Uh, Joe's going to engineer for us tonight. And we'll do the game at Castle Coliseum. When the game is over... We'll drive back here to Strasburg. You're saying, well, you know, why the Strasburg thing? Well, for Dick, uh, he can come from Philadelphia, and Interstate 66 and 81 meet here. I can come down from State College, and because 81's here, because I went, I came down uh, 99, 70, and uh, then 522 through West Virginia, then to 81 to here. So this is the intersection of 66 and 81. The idea was that okay, we'll we'll meet here. We'll you know this will be the place we stay overnight. So we'll come back here after the game. I'll get about three or four hours sleep because I have a TV show to tape tomorrow morning at 10. And so staying in Blacksburg would have meant I would have to do the game and then leave it. I don't know. Let's be realistic. 3:30 in the morning to make sure I got back on time, as opposed to coming back to here and then then driving. Uh, a little more than three hours tomorrow morning, so I can leave here tomorrow morning about 6.30 and, you know, get back to State College at 9.30 and be in time for the meeting at 10, then tape the TV show, then do Quarterback Club. Alright. Uh how all the big timers do that, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, you work with a suit, you know what it's like, you know, working about around somebody with a schedule. Yeah, Yeah. so, anyway, and You're happy Jalen Hurts is now the quarterback. You're a happy guy now.
2: I wouldn't call it happy, but, um, I mean, it's still stunning that we've gotten to this point considering Carson Wentz's path to here. But it's the right move for the rest of this season in particular.
1: Carson Wentz's path to here, to be honest, this is my analysis of it, is he's part of it, but he's actually, to me, a small part of it. All right. he, part of what's happened with him, he is definitely partially responsible for. No getting around it. But they haven't helped him. His offensive line, to be honest with you, in the, in the NFC East, that might be the worst offensive line in the NFC East. Which I mean, says something
2: because all these offensive lines in the NFC East stink.
1: I mean, the Giants' offensive line is not really great, and they, they might be better than this group. Oh, they right, are, sir. Yeah, and he, so he doesn't get much help and protection. I think Greg Ward is a good functional wide receiver that he could be to the Eagles what Cole Beasley is to the Bills. I know words, that kind of guy, dependable, can get you know a chain mover. Uh, you know what makes Beasley really effective is that he has. Stephon Diggs on the other side. You know, and McKenzie, obviously, is a guy that can stretch the field. Isaiah McKenzie. Eagles don't have that. They don't have that guy. So then Greg Ward becomes a primary guy. You don't want Greg Ward being your primary guy. He has to be. Travis Fulgram, you don't want him being your primary guy. And to be honest, I mean, I won't label Rager a bust because that's not my nature. I would like to, I, I want to give him a couple more years to see if he can play himself into a big-time receiver. But as you know, I was not big on them drafting Rager. I mean, I, from day one, you know, I was not big on them drafting Rager. Exactly. Now, two years from now, now two years from now, everybody knows who's listening to this show for nine years. If I misevaluate something on my initial read, everyone knows that I come back later and say, you know what, I had that wrong. You want to know why I do that? That way, when I'm talking about something, right, and I'm right about it, you know, that, you know, I've been able to tell people instead of always telling people, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right all the time. When you can admit on the air that you're, you, you're wrong about something, right, I think the audience appreciates that. I think the audience appreciates that you can be honest with them and say, you know what, I didn't get that one right, right? Then it tells you the stuff I'm not saying I was wrong about I was right about. Okay? And Rager, my initials, th- I didn't like when they drafted him. I haven't liked what I've seen so far. And I don't understand why Hertz was a second round pick. Doesn't mean that Hertz you know, if Hertz were picked in the fourth round, I'd be the first guy praising it. It's where he was drafted. And it has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. Has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts the talent. It has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts the person. I, I'm just looking at the National Football League, and as a second-round pick, that's not the fit I see in the NFL. If it was the fourth round, I'd be like, "Hey, great! That's a great! Hey, take a flyer on the fourth round. That's great." But the second round, with the needs you have, that wasn't one of your needs. You know, to take a guy that lost his starting job at Alabama, that stepped in for one year and did you know decently at Oklahoma. I mean, decently, not great, did decently at Oklahoma. Uh, I know the people around him love him tremendously that he's a great leader how he handled himself at Alabama where he got his degree and supported Tua Dunga Viola and kept his mouth shut the entire time you have to admire a guy like that I mean I admire how he handled himself at Alabama I do and I praise him and this is not out of school I praised him for that you know and when he transferred to Oklahoma, I said that guy should be able to go wherever he wants because of how he handled himself at Alabama. He got his degree. All right. And, and when he could have created a stir, didn't. Oh, and by the way, when they needed him against Georgia, when they needed him against Georgia, he was ready to play. All right. I, you know, I've done, I've praised Jalen Hurts a lot, but this is the National Football League. So now you ask yourself, is this guy a professional football team fit? Now, we're going to find out. My initial feel is he is not. I mean, that's my initial. But let's see what he does. I've just never felt he was accurate enough throwing the ball. That was always the biggest part for me, Matt, was his accuracy throwing the ball. Well, let's see what kind of package of plays they give him and see if uh, anything happens. Now, the big story is Ohio State-Michigan. Ah, uh, the game's canceled. Uh, you are saying, "Okay, that's it for Ohio State. They fall below the six-game threshold." Not, not so fast. I mentioned this. What did I? I think three weeks ago I mentioned this, Matt. That, unbeknownst to a lot of people, the Big Ten quietly does have an agreement among the schools that if you have a game canceled, you can then pick up another conference game. That's right with somebody else that can play they can't sit there and do what BYU did and say hey Coastal Carolina come on down Nebraska tried to do that and they were told emphatically no when they lost the Wisconsin game early in the season so they were emphatically told no but say for example Purdue I understand is not practicing right? That's so Purdue now is in that predicament and because they are now, this, this makes it a rematch, but Indiana could potentially be available for a rematch game. Or maybe it's somebody else. I mean, we'll see. But the door to Ohio State not playing on Saturday, the one thing we do know right now, they will not be playing Michigan. It doesn't mean they won't be playing somebody on Saturday in the Big Ten. That door has not been shut yet, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, just like the uh, the Pac-12 has already moved some games around. USC played Washington State on Sunday. UCLA played Cal. Hey, okay? that game was on a Sunday early because you know. Uh, so you've had some movement with teams that weren't scheduled to play on a certain weekend in the Pac-12 that have. And the Big Ten has that ability as well. And now we'll see if something does happen to allow Ohio State to play this weekend. doesn't necessarily have to be on Saturday, but to play this weekend. Uh, A question I would have is this. Uh, If Michigan... If Ohio State were to play this weekend, and say it were Sunday, would they move another game to the noon spot? Because right now Penn State's a 3.30 game. Does that game stay at 3.30? I think it does. It does bring up an interesting... Yet They have not really moved time slots on games. They have not done that. So it'll, it'll in all likelihood stay as a 330 kick. But once again, you know, they haven't talked about this. And this is where the Big Ten pigeonholed itself. And I talked about this last week. You don't make definitive statements, especially when you're in something like this where, you know, we're definitely playing this weekend. The Marlins are going to play. No, the Marlins are not going to play this weekend. We're okay. The Cardinals—they're going. No, the Cardinals aren't going to play this weekend. All right. The Titans couldn't play one weekend, so the NFL jury rigged the schedule so the Steelers would play the Ravens and then play the Titans. All right. So there's been a lot of uncertainty going from week to week. So the Big Ten then pigeonholed itself by making this definitive statement when they started of you have to play six games. That's not how you do it. You sit there, and, like and, and Matt, this is not speaking out of turn at all, as you know. It's not speaking out of turn. We said, you and I both, why did you make such a definitive statement on that? We're in a pandemic. You don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Right? So you sit there and say, idealistically, we want everybody to play six games. And if we can get to that point, that's exactly what we want. If we have to revisit based on how, how the season plays out, we will. Fair enough. Right? That way you leave some rooms. Everybody says, hey, look, okay, look, this is how it played out. Because nobody, you know, especially when you're starting October 24th with no bye week. All right. Um, last night, as we said, uh, it's going to be getting cold. And getting cold could lead to more cases. I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist. I barely play a sportscaster on the radio. But even I had the common sense to know that. All right. And that's, that's been part of the problem is the common sense about some of this stuff. It hasn't quite matched up all the time. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Chris Wheeler today on the late Dick Allen. I can't wait to talk to Wheels just about life. I mean, Wheels and I have become really good friends over the years, and I think the world of them And uh, it'll be a nice treat for me to sit down and talk to him, even though part of the topic line will be difficult uh, because it's always difficult to talk about somebody passing. Back with more in a moment brought to you by Sunbury Motors here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. So Jalen Hurts will start a quarterback for the Eagles. Matt's in a much better mood now.
2: <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it quite that, but it's, it's refreshing based on the quarter and a half that he played. But he can very well stink on Sunday, and then I really won't care who starts a quarterback the rest of the season. But I actually think I actually think it'll go relatively well. I think I I, I think you're going to probably see a a replay of what happened, where he'll make some plays with his legs, he'll he'll make a couple of nice throws, but then he's going to miss some throws because you mentioned the accuracy issues. That's definitely there. That happened in the Green Bay game, and I think and everybody else is going to rally around it. I really do. Who are they playing? The home against New Orleans. I still think they're going to lose the game, but I think. Everybody's okay. going to play better because of the change. I think this is going to be a new sense of urgency, mm. a new energy that you'll so see from playing, the Eagles.
1: Th- they're playing New Orleans. Let me give you an analogy. Your team is the grape. All right, we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Roots Eleven and Fifteen in Humble's Wharf. And the Michigan Ohio State game has been canceled. Now, it does not mean that Ohio State doesn't play this weekend. You have to see how the week plays out. We could find out tomorrow that they have another possibility. That other possibility, by the way, could be, by the way, a repeat game with Indiana. That could be. But let's see how the week plays out. uh, Because they could have a game in place to play tomorrow or Thursday. It has to be within the conference. So they are not out of the woods yet about having a sixth game. And uh, that's something where I think when they heard right away Michigan and, and Ohio State were canceled, that's it, they're done. No, they're not done. Uh, now, does the Big Ten need to amend what they're doing? Look. You know, Indiana's the second place team. Indiana took a shot. Ohio State beat them. You know, Other people have taken their shot this year with Ohio State. They've beaten everybody so far, but they're 4-0. If I'm the team that's looking at this with more interest than anybody else, guess which team that is? Texas A&M. I think they're looking around saying, "Uh, excuse me, we played all these games and we've only lost Alabama, and we beat Florida. They've played four times. So let's see if Ohio State can get that additional game in there. I guess they're 5 0, right? 5 0. So 5 0. So they need one more. And they may still get it.
0: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones
1: sunbury motors fourth street in sunbury sunbury motors kia routes 11 and 15 and hummels wharf and online at sunburymotors.com you want great new inventory ford lincoln kia hyundai can't go wrong there maybe you prefer pre-owned inventory maybe your budget prefers that all right we'll have a great selection of pre-owned inventory with the sunbury motors guarantee it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Any opportunity I get to spend with Chris Wheeler, I jump at. And uh, it's always great to have him with us. Wheels, welcome. It's great to have you on.
0: Hi, Steve. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've missed, missed our visits up there and uh, being able to, uh, to hang out and talk about a lot of different subjects. So, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on with you
1: yeah you know it's uh it's interesting' because uh, we'll, te- we'll text a lot or email a lot during the course of the year, but it doesn't replace it now going to place having some lunch <laughs> and, all right and solving a lot of problems
0: <laughs> oh, oh there are few few left unsolved and we we never even got to covid I haven't seen you, so we could solve that too so <laughs> Have a bit of oh what a mess what a uh, mess but any, anyway, it's great to hear from you.
1: It's great to hear from you. Obviously, the passing of uh, Dick Allen, known in the early years as Richie Allen, uh, hit a lot of people, obviously, because now at that point when Richie was with the uh, Phillies, you would have been probably in college at that time in the beginning when he was the rookie of the year, right?
0: Yeah, I was actually at the end of high school beginning to, uh, beginning my first years at Penn State in 1966 was my first uh, fall up there at the University Park. So, yeah, I covered high school and college with him and uh he was one of my idols. I just loved the guy. My buddies and I we we talked about it all the time. And we still do that you know he's one of those guys he had another at bat you're not kidding you waited because he might just hit one end of the night at county back stadium because in those days you know you had a ballpark we could actually hit it out of the whole place over the roof and into the night And he was just so different so so exciting to watch there's so many things that he could do and then i was lucky enough to get to know him really really well um when he came and played for those couple of years in the '70s, and then when he worked for the club, and I'd see him at all these different things, and we'd sit and talk. And oh, Steve, he had a photographic memory. He could, he could, you know. I bring up situations that I remember um, in the '60s when I watched him play, and he could tell you the count and who the pitcher was and all those kind of things. He's a joy. He's very misunderstood. Um, one of the reasons why he's not in the Hall of Fame, which is a joke, and another thing we can talk about, but just a great, great guy, and uh, he's been in failing health the last couple of years, and unfortunately, we lost him yesterday, in, uh in Wampum, out there uh, a little bit north of Pittsburgh, where he grew up. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so he gets there, and it was it was uh, an interesting time in the '60s in Philadelphia and he he struggled with struggled with that. And that brought about the you know the misperception of the kind of guy he really was as opposed to what he was perceived as being. When you had a chance to talk to him about that, how much did that hurt? Because you're talking about an intelligent guy here that was a very oh, sensitive yeah. person that people didn't realize.
0: It hurt him a lot uh, because he never had any problems anywhere else. And, uh, you know, the 60s are different. Uh, you know, I'm a little older than you, but you've you read enough and know enough about what it was like with the racial tensions in the 60s. Uh, it was awful. And one of the worst things that probably could have happened was the Phillies sent him as an 18-year-old kid to, Wamp- to from Wampum, Pennsylvania, where everything was fine, to Little Rock, Arkansas. I mean, you talk Uh-oh. about a powder keg right there. So that's what he dealt with. And then he came to the Phillies. And he was everything was okay, but we had a player named Frank Thomas who, in nineteen sixty four when when the Phillies blew that thing, uh they had like nine first basemen. that's one of those great trivia questions. you love that stuff? That's one of those great trivia name the nine first baseman that played for the Phillies in sixty <laughs> four Well, Frank Thomas was one of them and did a really good job. Well, the next year, and I've had guys tell me this flat out, Bobby Wine and Cookie Rojas and Tony Taylor and guys I talked to over the years, Frank Thomas was a jerk. And he, yeah. he was one of those guys that used to give him the, hey, boy, come here, bring me this, bring me that. Well, one day, Richie had enough of him, and he smoked him at the batting cage. Well, yeah. that he lost that battle in Philadelphia at that time. Uh, you know, people sided with Frank Thomas, and yeah. Frank Thomas was released right after that, and... From that day on, it was never the same. they throw stuff at him. He started to wear the batting helmet and all those kind of things. And it went downhill. Not that his career did, because he still had good years, but it went downhill as far as the people uh, rooting for him and liking him that much in Philadelphia. So he never had any problems, Steve, when he went anywhere else. Never. Yeah. Uh, you no, never hear what, players what, talk about him or anything, yeah. anything bad about him. Great guy.
1: White Sox players loved him. Cardinals players loved him. Dodgers players loved him. I mean, all the way through. When you finally got to know him, what (laughs) surprised you
0: about him? Well, the thing I just mentioned was one of them, how he could remember stuff. Uh, You know, I've always... You know, I know you do. I, I, I listen, you you know, we've been friends for so many long, and I'm not blowing smoke at you, but you remember things. People have told me how I remember things. You know, that's yeah. nothing. To, you're just lucky. I mean, it's just, you know, we're lucky. That's it's right. one of those things that you have that gift or you don't. Well, he had that. The other thing that, it, it, well, you shake hands with him. You'll never forget it when you shake hands with him because, you know, his hand would go up to my elbow. It felt like when you'd shake hands with him. He had these massive paws on him. Just if yeah. people look at pictures of him holding at that forty ounce bat, see how big his hands were. But yeah. I'll tell you what: how how gentle his voice was, and he loved to laugh. He kind of giggled when you'd make him yeah. laugh or or bring up a, bring up something from the old days or something that was happening. Uh, that's uh, Renee's coming home, so Sammy is getting very excited about that. That's, that's, that's
1: um,
0: So th- th- those, those, um, th- just, just what a gentle guy he was. And you know what else he would do? He'd always ask about you. How you doing? How's your family? Yeah. What's going- I would always go to him, Richard, Anthony, Allen, and he'd come up and give you the big hug and say, "Will's yeah. my man." You know those kind of yeah. things. So he's just a very nice, caring, warm warm human being and uh he'll definitely be missed
1: i want to get to the hall of fame part now this is something you know i have great respect for the writers so you know this has nothing to do with the writers but i've always found it interesting that that uh, a chris wheeler 37 years seen everybody is not allowed to have one vince scully saw everybody not allowed to have a vote all right, yeah. so forth. Okay, okay. And I understand the Baseball Writers Association mirror. I, I understand that, and great respect. But there's several guys that aren't in where I sit back and say, you got to be kidding me. Really, this is a dominant player. And to me, that, that to me is a Hall of Famer. When when Richie Allen slash Dick Allen played, everywhere he went, he was a dominant player.
0: Yes. Uh, well, you know, you go back and and, you know, like Bill James, who became the guru of the stats back in those days, Uh, berated him that he was a negative influence. He wasn't a negative influence. Bill James Spice didn't spend two minutes around him. Um, And you never heard a teammate say anything like that around him. Even a lot of the media guys that were around him, he could get a little surly, but there were reasons why he was like that early on in his career because we just went through that. Um, But I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he somehow got this reputation that he was a disruptive influence on a baseball team nothing could be further than the truth that he was disruptive he was a team guy his teammates liked him to this day when they talk about when they would talk about him they loved the guy and they'd start laughing you know they'd raise their eyebrows and say oh he was different in a lot of ways you know he marched to his own drummer but steve i think that's what what really is the reason why he didn't get in the Hall of Fame in those fifteen years, when you're allowed you know, when you're eligible, and then for, you know, in nine, what was it, twenty fourteen or whatever it was, when they yeah. had that Veterans Committee joke thing where he needed twelve votes out of sixteen, he got eleven. Come on! And now it was going to take until twenty twenty to do it again, and now it was postponed another year because of the, the COVID stuff and. And now he passes away, and he can't. But he's going to get in. He had, when when they finally started running all these numbers comparing him his war and all these other crazy things you hear about nowadays, and his slugging percentage and all. He's like one two with Hank Aaron, and almost all these categories. Come on, you're, you're mentioned with Hank Aaron, and you're not in the Hall of Fame enough. You know, it's just really silly.
1: And uh, well, here's here's the silly part for me. If you can sit back while a person is alive and say they're Hall of Fame worthy, give them the honor while they're alive. Right. Where they can they can have the moment and appreciate it and so forth. And I think the last thing you should judge is you sit there and say, Well, gee, when I interviewed him I didn't like him. <laughs> okay, well what is that what does that have to do with driving and runs?
0: Yep. <laughs> Well, the irony is, the irony is, is the the election uh, that was supposed to be on Sunday, and it would have been announced Monday uh, if it hadn't been postponed for another year, and uh, he passed away on Monday. So the the incredible irony of that have been, if in fact he had been selected, and he may have never known, or maybe he would have known. I don't know. I don't know his final days, or you know what he was going through, and at that time, I'm not privileged to that. But, Right. Yeah, it's it's just so silly that um that uh, you know they go go off his reputation and uh, from the media. Give me a break. You know, talk to the people that play look at all these guys that have come out um and and, and been in his corner to be in the Hall of Fame and, and what a horrible year we've had in baseball for losing great people.
1: Yeah, boy. Uh, you Isn't know, it?
0: Brock and Gibson and Seaver and Whitey Ford and all these people are just and now Dick Allen, it's really been a horrible year for that.
1: Yeah, it has been, uh, no question. Uh, look, I hope he gets there for the sake of his family. It just would have been nice if he made it where he could sit back and say, you know what? All right, yeah. uh, I, here's your chance. Now I'm going to flip this around. All right. <laughs> so okay. So, so go ahead, because I know, cause, cause I know you're aching, aching that you're, you're aching to ask a few questions. Uh-huh. So we'll flip this around and have a little fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Wheels from Bluebell will be the caller right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is how he signs his
1: emails to me, by the way.
0: So, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's it's. Look, I spent my whole life in the business, and I know there's always two sides to everything, and uh, the inner, the, the you know, there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So, uh, I mean, there, there's there's. There's been a lot uh, pushing against the program this year. Uh, it sounds like not only the injuries, a lot of other things. Is that pretty accurate?
1: Oh yeah, no. This this has been uh, for the players and everybody. I mean, they've worked hard and they've been they've been diligent about doing everything they can to keep the numbers down. Uh, you know, so a lot of them barely get to the store if they go out. Uh, <laughs> they haven't been able to see their families so even at, even when the families go to the games, it's wave at them. You know senior yeah. Day is a good example. You know, they can't have their families on the field. They had to forego Thanksgiving, okay Say things fall into place for them. It's not out of the realm of possibility to go to a bowl game. They'd have to forego Christmas with their families. They can't be yeah. around them. Oh, uh, they've had one guy lose a brother. Along the way, others have been affected by COVID. Noah Cain had four family members, for example, because Noah's been open about it, so I can talk about it. He's had four family members affected by it uh, along the way. So that's just one example. James has been greatly affected by not having Fumi and his two daughters there. You know, and it's going to be a while. You know, I was talking to James about this last Wednesday, uh, Wheels. You know, I was talking to him. He got all choked up talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I don't think people realize that the toll this has and it's and you and i both know this okay this i remember years ago somebody asked me this question and as soon as i say this you're you're going to jump all over it i know (laughs) what surprised me about the job that i didn't expect and what surprised me is actually how little people on the outside do know Yep,
0: and that's that is that you and I have discussed that too. And that's not uh, trying to take some holier than thou attitude. Uh, no, 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 so no, no, no. It's the first thing you find out when you're around it. When you get, you're lucky enough to be on the inside, the way you are, the way I was for so many years, is how little you really, really, really knew about the yes. game itself, it, uh, let alone all the things, all the problems. Charlie Manuel and I used to have a thing. And his office would his office would be in one spot and about thirty yards away, maybe twenty yards away, was the coach's room where his coaches were. Very good baseball people. And I remember saying to him one day, it's a long walk between that room where we are right now and that coaches room and what you go through in this room and what they have to go through out there. And he yeah. you know, we looked at each other and said, Boy, that really sums it up because there's so many things that are taken care of that nobody knows about and things that are so tough and when i heard people starting to say well maybe they ought to make a change with james frank are you kidding me with what that man has done for our program and what he's been able to do and still will do uh... Um, just because of this crazy crazy year they're having right now uh, that's just you know that's just ridiculous well, but i went through that for years with managers yeah. and and, and sure. things like that, and everybody's allowed to have an opinion, but yes. that to me was crazy.
1: Yeah, no, and, and when 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 Wheels and I say that you know it's how little people do know, that's not belittling the audience in the, in right. any way, shape, or form. It doesn't belittle mm-hmm. any fan. It's just when you have that kind of access, you see things. And now certain things that are happening make a lot more sense as to why, because you know exponentially more. You know, people will assume somebody's in a doghouse, and it turns out the guy's hurt. They'll assume that somebody else got in trouble for this and know it was something else that happened. Uh, and you end up knowing all those little things that add up, it's just like you. If you and I would go to an insurance office and we'd have ins- uh, assumptions about the insurance office, and all of a sudden they'd look at us and say, "No, that's not how it works here." It's the same thing,
0: right? Well, I used to. I, it, one of my best examples, and you probably go through it too. I don't know how much time you get to spend with Coach uh, off the air when you do that show, but I, I got so close to the managers over the years when I would do that radio show, and they trust you. And they're going to tell yes. you things off the record to lead you in the right yes. direction all the time. And then when you turn the machine yes. on, you know, for the fan's sake, you have to ask them what needs. Look, there was a maybe there's a second guessing going on from a play tonight. you got to ask them that. You get that wow. out of the way. But they give you things. Now, when things go on during the game, you're able to cover those kind of things and talk about them, or not get into them. That's right, because you know what's going. Like, suppose somebody's not available out of the bullpen that night. Well, you know everybody's screaming, "Why? Are they, why aren't they using this?" And so sometimes you may just have to say on the air, "Well, you know, the guy uh, may be uh, unavailable tonight, or something we're not aware of." And those are the kind of things that you know, I know you you go through and, and you've learned. But I'm sure Joe had great. Trust in you yes, too, and I'm sure James does too. And you have to earn that,
1: right? No, exactly. I mean, Joe, Bill, and James were constantly on deep background. If I had a question about something I saw or didn't see, or they wanted to volunteer it, they'd say it because they knew it would go no further. But at least I knew what the reason was, you know, right. about something. And you know, and but then when the machine goes on, let's take like the question <laughs> about the bullpen. All right, there's a way to ask a question. Right uh, Brad L- Let's just take Bradledge okay? hey, Bradledge uh, didn't get into last night's game What was some of your reasoning behind that Now it opens the door for them To answer the question But you've an- asked it in such a way where, where you're asking the question and not questioning them
0: So true And I, I always I mean, You know you're not 100% But almost 100% of the time I would make sure I got there And we would sit and, and BS Before that machine ever went yeah. on and if I had oh, exactly. some area that I wanted to get into, you know, I would probe them a little bit and say, look, we're going to get the, give me an idea. The, and then we could handle it. And people could never say, well, uh, you know, he wouldn't ask. He's a homer. He wouldn't ask about what happened last night because you knew you had to cover that stuff.
1: Right. Yeah, you knew that. And usually I talk to these, sometimes 10, 15 minutes. I mean so there's some days they just uh, that that oh, yeah. as humans as human beings they want to talk. They need us they need a sounding board to talk to to listen <laughs> because there's something they want to get off their chest and it's not about you, it's about something.
0: Charlie Manuel used to always say, You know wheels I really need you. I need to vent every day. You turn out to be my, my shriek. Uh you saving me a lot of money from laying on some guy's couch talking to him. <laughs> he, he used to say that. That's my bad Charlie Manuel impression. <laughs> that's, that's oh, God. He used to say that to me and I used to laugh for ghost He used to say the same thing, you know, he would just he'd be mad at Lee Thomas about something. I can't tell him all this stuff but I just gotta get this off my chest. And, you know, we'd sit there and listen and then we'd do the show and mm-hmm. You know that's uh, it's all part of it. You know the great part about it is is they trust you that much that uh, they know yeah. that you're not going to take it anywhere else. Right? Exactly.
1: Ah, you got enough. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you, that's, that's what they would do. You know, Prigosy would look at me after a while with those nasty eyes of his, looking over his little glasses, and he would go, "What the hell are you still doing here? I I didn't know." <laughs> I said, well, you want to talk about something? <laughs> ah, we'll do it tomorrow. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, but they, you know they, they they really need people like that in their lives, I think, that they can just yes. hit yeah. And the only other thing is, and you can hear it when the coaches talk to you, and I was lucky enough with the managers, they respect your knowledge of the game, that you're gonna, not yeah. going to ask a lot of dumb stuff. Um, right. And try to put them in situations that uh, – you know, that are really hard to handle at that point and they appreciate that. And yeah. As far as Penn thing. State goes, um we're gonna be Michigan State on Saturday. And then what happens yep. after that with this crossover stuff? Where's that going?
1: Fun- find out on Sunday and it's really a wild card in a lot of ways uh, wheels because take for there's a lot of movement right now and I, I and I believe this should happen for for example Wisconsin and Minnesota played for 113 straight years well their game got cancelled <laughs> well to me if they're available yeah. to play this wild card game let them play you know so they you know so that, that that's not a crossover game so I think it would then jumble some matchups but I think they should do something like that
0: to keep something like that going. That's a great point. Yeah, that that. And listen, where are they going to play them, Steve? Are they, are they going to be playing like a normal game, and a team would would some team would be at home like Penn State would have a home game, as cold as it might we be, have. and all that.
1: We have been sitting and waiting and wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to welcome to twenty twenty <laughs> the Big Ten.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they all can't play in the same stadium. They all can't go to Indianapolis no. to play. Obviously, no, so. Can't. I wondered about so, that where they would look for the you know what Detroit has a dome stadium out in the Midwest yeah. and some of the other ones but that that uh, it's one of those things that curious people are asking right now and,
1: and it's gr- it's a great question and I could tell you the person you're asking it to right now is circling a fogged-in an airport and isn't sure where the plane's going <laughs> to land so
0: <laughs> hey you be like me you just get on and put the seatbelt on <laughs>
1: hey they, okay, they tell you going? I. I put the headset on. They point me toward the fielder court. I talk.
0: <laughs> Just tell me where yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? One thing you and know, I both talking about this business. Uh, you're still in, and I was lucky enough to be in. We both love it. And uh, yeah, it's it's a little harder. It's a little harder when you're having a bad year. But you you learn more about yourself yeah. and how you're able to handle it than you're having a bad year than when you're having a good year. Because anybody can do it. Not no. anybody, but it's a lot easier to do a good year.
1: Yeah, it sure is. Hey, it's always great. Hey, happy holidays to you, my friend. Thanks so much. Let's stay in touch, okay?
0: Yeah, well, I'll uh, I'll keep bugging you once in a while to find out. What's going on. <laughs> you know that you know that you're never try, bugging
1: me. You know that. I
0: try not to. I try not to bug you too much, but every once in a while I gotta find out. <laughs> so,
1: you're the hey, you're the best. At
0: so, any hey, time. Great talking to you, and I hope hopefully we'll get together and we can be in. See each other in person again soon. I miss
1: that. Can't wait, Will. I can't wait, Will. You're the best.
0: <laughs> okay, Steve. You take care. Great talking to you.
1: The great Chris Wheeler. There you go, Matt. Okay, there's there's your slice of at least for the host fun radio gold. How about
2: exactly? That? No, that was great.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Coming up, uh, Mark Wogan will join us on the show, and Matt Leon. I think he's going to sound exactly like you talking about the Eagles. Ah, uh, yeah, News probably. Radio. You're on News Radio WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors.